What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I had no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Let's get our Friday on. Do people say that? They should. Let's get it going, Dave. Did Jamie know? Nobody's interested? Let's get our Friday on. All right. Well, I'll get my Friday on. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the show. Starter sit for the NFC home games. We have seven games to get to today and uh, some exciting ones like Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Uh, We got the London game, Minnesota at New Orleans, Seattle at Detroit, Rams at 49ers. The Rams are one and six in their last seven games against the Niners. They are averaging something like 18 points per game in those seven games. Washington's at Dallas, Arizona's at Carolina, and I believe there is a game being played in New Jersey, uh, but nobody cares about that game. But it's the Bears (laughs) and the Giants. All right, Dave and Jamie are here. I'm Adam. Welcome, everybody. We're going to talk about uh, the Dolphins and the Bengals, and there's a lot to get to here, especially the Tua injury, and Teddy Bridgewater came in, did a nice job. But How about this, Jamie Eisenberg? Over the last three weeks, remember T. Higgins got hurt in week one, but over the last three weeks, Higgins and Chase have basically the same amount of targets, 25 for Chase, 26 for Higgins. 288 yards, two touchdowns for Higgins. 164 yards, one touchdown for Chase. I don't want to do the math, but that's over 100 more yards and an extra touchdown for T. Higgins. Who's the better wide receiver going forward? Uh, buy low on Jamar Chase, I guess. You know, there'll be a market correction coming. But these two guys were great last year. I mean, you know, people get forget that how good they were because Chase had those two unbelievably monstrous performances uh, at the end of the season. But for the most part, in terms of their targets, 
uh, take away those two games, the other games they were basically neck and neck to begin with, the higher ceiling is Jamar Chase. But they both have the same type of floor. And so they're, they're unbelievable talents. And they've told us they don't have a one and a two. They have a one and a one A. And so um, the T. Higgins fantasy managers that got discount Jamar Chase in the third round are pretty excited right now. Uh, the Jamar <laughs> Chase fantasy managers are obviously a little frustrated. But again, buy low on Jefferson, buy low on Chase. These guys are too good to be held down. Dave, buy or sell. Yeah. Joe Mixon is the worst running back in football. And parentheses, history? Question mark. Close parentheses. Well, well who would buy that? Of course not. <laughs> no, he's but it's not, crazy. I don't think he's the 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 biggest sell-high candidate in his own division. I, I, I know it looked bad. It looked bad. But I, I think a lot of it's on the offensive line. Some of it's on Mixon. He doesn't look It's right. on Zach Taylor. At first. What do you mean it's on Zach Taylor? Just because that play calling was run? so bad last night. It was there one was of the a lot atrocious. Of, uh, atrocious play calling I've ever seen for the talented players that they have. (laughs) Uh, Well, so when I hear that, what I'm thinking back to is just the number of inside runs that they tried and how they just kept plowing Mixon between the tackles. I I don't have the exact number of how many, but it felt like all but me. It was a billion. It felt like a billion. It was close to a billion, yeah. Okay, maybe half a billion. But outside of that, you had a problem with his play calling? Yes, it was terrible. The first drive was awesome. They were aggressive. They were throwing the yep. ball down the field. They were creative. And then it was, let's throw, let's run. Let's throw, let's run. They get in, Joe, Joe Burrow gets him. He looked so yep. frustrated half the night last night. He'd make a beautiful throw. Then they'd run. They'd get a yard or two. He's throwing his hands up. You know, you could, you could translate that to be he's frustrated that the play didn't work. So, uh, you know, understandably so. You don't want to, you know, read into body language. But you got to let a player like him get into rhythm. You got to let these receivers get into rhythm. And then they get down to the goal line. Thank God, it, you know, it was it was a garbage time touchdown. But thank God he got that second touchdown because yeah. otherwise he would have been really pissed off with how the night went for him. And so I, I, I just don't understand why these coaches, and there's a lot of stupid ones, uh, that they get into these patterns, these play callers of we have to establish the run. Throw to score, run to win. You could have been running in the fourth quarter. That would have been fine. You ran into the middle of the line on the goal line 55 times. Throw a fade to Jamar Chase. Do something different. It was just so stupid and maddening. I hate it. Wow. Jimmy doesn't have a game this year. Hold on. Mixon doesn't have a game this year with more than three yards per carry. You got to sell high on him. He's an absolute sell high candidate. I think he could. But he's getting so many carries and so Mm -hmm. many. And he's in his what? Four catches a game at least. Seven, three, three, and four catches. He's so inefficient, though. So inefficient. I know, but the thing is, I mean, he's he's comically inefficient right now. I mean, nobody's going to average two point seven yards per carry. Uh, I, you know, it, so is he sell high or is he just one of the? There aren't that many good running backs, right? There aren't that many great running backs. There aren't that many guys yeah, where I you mean, just you set know, it and forget. The only it. reason, the only way you're selling high on him is clearly if you have a good running back, you know, depth chart or, or you know, I'll say room as the NFL guy. Uh, if you have a good running back, running back depth on your team, so. You know, you got to turn him into still something great, which is hard to do because I don't know how many people are going to say, "Okay, I'll give you Jamar Chase for Joe Mixon." Um, so, you know, it, it it obviously comes with some context. But if you can flip him based on name and the fact that he's still been productive as a fantasy option because he's scoring touchdown, scored a touchdown, um, now would be the time to try and do that. Now, clearly, there's the other side of this where because he's been, as you said, comically inefficient, that maybe some things sort of correct themselves and he starts to play a little bit better. Um, but again, I don't know if that's on him, if that's on Taylor. He looks slow. He looked, he looked slow last night, you know, and, and wow. you can say the ankle uh, was a problem. Uh, but for what he's supposed to be, he just hasn't been that yet. 
even though he's been getting the workload that we like. It's well, the inefficiency. There's no, but I think the offensive line's a bigger problem. Like he doesn't look as fast as he once did, but I still think he'd be able to put up better numbers if the line could block for him. Yeah, they were terrible. Now on those goal line runs, like <laughs> oh, touchdown yeah, that he had, that was fun. But the other ones that he had, there were three of them. Just bad blocking. Yeah, there was, was one at, toward the end of the game where he got outside and you know he got tackled, and it's just like, man, make someone miss, make someone yeah. miss what? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but are you talking about a, not near the goal line? But no, just in general. Yeah, just in general uh, toward yeah, the middle of the field. I remember that play. Uh, yeah. And but at the same time, all right. I guess the, here's a better question: If you're going to draft again today, when would you draft Joe Mixon? He's still going to go in round two. Right. Uh, you yep. just can't. You can, cannot turn down this workload. And if their offensive line, their their pass protection was much better yesterday. Joe Burrow yes, called it out. So that's may, a sign, maybe that's they can a get better. Sign for the run block. Right. Maybe yep. they can get better. Right. They're still gelling. All right. Um, on the Dolphin side, I mean, this is obviously uh, uh, anything on Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst uh, with <laughs> yeah, he scored a touchdown. <laughs> he touched, yeah, thirty percent roster. I count on that all the time. All right. And boy, Dolphins. you know, boy has touchdowns in two of four games. So throw. I, he didn't score this week, but you've got to put him in that flex conversation. He he almost, almost. got in on the long play, and yep. they had uh, an end zone target for him on the the first touchdown for Mixon, and uh, Bro had just a bad throw. So he's. I, I said it going into the season. He's a number three receiver on his own team that could be a third receiver in deeper leagues to start on a weekly basis, <laughs> and he is an injury away from being a must start player. So he should be one hundred percent rostered. And if let's just say that Mixon never does improve and the offensive run blocking doesn't improve, this team's going to become pass heavy. And not with that coach. I, he might not have a choice, dude. Nah, if Mixon, he had 20 choices last going. night and he didn't decide to use it. He just, that's his nature. To be fair to him, if your offensive line is really struggling to protect the quarterback, you have to establish a run. But game. they didn't struggle last week and they didn't struggle last night. And you could have had many more opportunities to throw the, to throw the football. First off, Xavier Howard, whether he was playing hurt or just struggling, he looked bad last night, and they left the game with the injury. Mm-hmm. Their secondary is not good for Miami, and so this was and their an run defense is their front. This was, their front this was an opportunity to throw and throw and throw and get. I thought I, when I saw that first quarter, I was like, okay, good. They first off, they did something which is another, in my mind, stupid decision. It worked for them last week. It obviously worked for them again, so they'll probably continue to do it. They won the they won the toss and they don't defer. They take the ball. And so Zach Taylor talked about this, that he wants to be aggressive and show this mindset that we're going to be aggressive. Well, you can't be aggressive for five minutes. Be aggressive for the entire game. Like, you know, don't take your foot off the gas. He keeps talking about that. Like, we want to be this aggressive team. Then be aggressive. The best part of your team, as good as Joe Mixon is, the best part of your team is Joe Burrow and those receivers. Throw the football. Okay, so let's let's wrap it up here to talk briefly about the Dolphins going forward with – with Teddy Bridgewater. I'll save that for last, and I'll just ask you real quick, Dave, is, is Raheem Mostert the running back to have for the Dolphins? He had 15 carries compared to five for Chase. Chase did score. He actually could have had two. He dropped a touchdown, and then he yeah. caught a touchdown, but um, Mostert's only 67% rostered. Do you think he's the best running back going forward for the Dolphins? I'll, I'll say that he is a non-PPR, and it's pretty close in full PPR, but I, neither one is going to be somebody that you're going to be excited to start uh, Mostert played 73% of the snaps. That's the most for any Dolphins running back this year. And Edmonds obviously played 27%, the smallest for any Dolphins running back this year. I don't know if that drop is going to cost him more playing time, but um, obviously not in the red zone because he had that short touchdown jaunt. Um, but Mostert's playing more on third and fourth downs. He's he's doing a lot of the things that we thought Edmonds would be doing. 
and he's running a little bit better. And I, I guess to answer your question, yeah, but I'm not excited about it. All right. The irony of Chase Edmonds is that he lost every touchdown to James Conner last year. And now all he's doing is touchdowns. <laughs> stealing touchdowns <laughs> from Mostert. Let me give you some encouraging stuff on Bridgewater because we don't know how long Tua is going to be out. He suffered a concussion, and they said nothing more serious than that. Guys are clearing concussion protocols pretty quickly. I'm not going to get into the whole situation with Tua and what happened last week and what happened yesterday. This guy's really been so beat up in his career, going back to that major, yeah. major injury he suffered oh. in college. Um, so hope for the best for him. And obviously scary to see when you, when you see the physical reaction to the injury like that. Uh, but Bridgewater came in and did a nice job and he has averaged, I'm going to give you the last three seasons. He made five starts for new Orleans and he averaged 241 yards per game in 2020. He averaged 249 yards per game with Carolina, and he produced 2,000-yard receivers, by the way. DJ Moore, almost 1,200 yards. Robbie Anderson, just under 1,100 yards. DJ Moore would be begging for Teddy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Send him back to Carolina. And then in 2021, he averaged 241 yards per game. So that's 241 to 249 yards per game passing when he started. By the way, in 2021, I took out two games that he left with an injury. Okay, so yes, I just looked at his healthy starts, and I think you have to do that. It's unfair to do otherwise. Come on. Uh, I, I need a second. But that's just today's always crazy, but always fact. That's right. That's just an Azer stat. My point is, you could do a lot worse than Teddy Bridgewater, around 245-ish yards per game when he's been healthy, when he has started for three different teams over the last three seasons. Um, so, I, I mean, is there anything to say here, Jamie? We don't even know how long Tua will be out. Uh, do, you, do you think it's a major step back for the offense if it's Bridgewater? I don't think it's a major step back. I mean, you know, look, Tua had uh, a great game against the Ravens. I don't think Teddy has that in his bag, you know, the ability to do that. But can he get you 250-2 and two or, or, you know, 225-2? and two? Um, Yes. Can he certainly keep Tyreek Hill afloat? We saw that last night, yes. Uh, I think the Jalen Waddle stat line was probably just a byproduct of how the game went. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily panic on him. So... Yeah, if, if two was out for a couple of weeks, potentially, uh, I think Teddy will be fine for the receivers. So you downgrade them from, you know, probably two top 10 guys to maybe two top 20 guys. You know, Tyreek's still in the top 12 and, you know, Waddle closer to maybe 15. Um, they'll still be very productive. So I'm not worried about them. And, and I think the interception, by the way, uh, was was more on Gusecki than it was on, on on Teddy based on the body language of, of, of him. Um, he ran the wrong route. Went. Right. Um, but yeah, probably. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say that's definitely the situation, but that – those things tend to happen when you have a new court. Like Toronto Armstead had a false start penalty. Like you can see, like he just probably wasn't used to the cadence. Um, so those those are those are the byproducts of a backup coming in. But they have extra time now to get you know Teddy ready and up to up to par uh, for where they want with this offense. And I thought he did some nice things. You know, I mean, he he's he's certainly capable of of maintaining whatever the Dolphins' offense is right now uh, in the interim of till Teddy till uh, two is back. Okay, and the uh, going be added obviously in Superflex and two QB league. Right. The deep Teddy kind of has the reputation of being a dinker and a dunker. The deep ball that he connected with Tua or Tua to Tyreek on 61 yards in the air, the longest throw so far this year. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that, and yeah, he's going to throw a better deep ball than Tua, but um, all right. Well, I, I mean, he, he did doesn't yesterday throw with as much sure. velocity, you know, as his Tua? pass is hanging in the air a little bit. That play was oh, good. there. There's a lot Tua. of helium bloom. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's what you'll, you'll notice it. Like, you saw it last night, like two on throws. Let's call it inside of thirty yards. He was money. I don't yeah, know. But look, how about that one deep ball? 
Bridgewater. I mean, that deep ball he threw to Tyreek Hill, terribly underthrown and intercepted. Yeah, well, that was longer than 30 yards. Yeah, okay, all right. well, I guess it depends on how we're defining it. All right, that is it for Cincinnati 27 and the Dolphins 15. We got a programming note for you. Early mailbag today. I will be I will be recording that with Dan Schneier at about 11 a.m. It'll publish at the same time in the podcast feed, 3 a.m. on Saturday morning. But these are all times Eastern. But if you want to watch it on YouTube, early mailbag, which is unfortunate because we won't have a lot of injury updates. I apologize for that, but uh, only way we can make it work. And the CBS Sports app, make sure you download it. You can watch CBS Sports games on the CBS Sports app. You can watch CBS Sports HQ. You can get breaking news. You can follow your favorite teams. It's such a great app for scores. You just turn, you open it, and immediately you see a terrific scoreboard with a whole bunch of sports. And uh, download that CBS Sports app. It's completely free on iPhone, on Android, and it is the easiest way to keep your fingers on the pulse of every game that matters. News and notes. All right, Jameis Winston mispracticed again on Thursday. So, Dave, how big of a downgrade would it be? And Michael Thomas mispracticed, by the way, too. How big of a downgrade would it be to go from Winston to Andy Dalton? It'll be it'll be a downgrade in the sense that Chris Olave probably won't have as many good deep ball opportunities as he's had the past <laughs> two weeks. But I think otherwise it's going to be okay. He's, he's, he, it's kind of like going from Tua to, to Teddy in a way because I don't think Dalton throws with the same type of velocity that Jameis <laughs> throws with. And so that'll be kind of a problem, but he can be accurate and he can manage a game plan. And I'm sure the Saints will scheme it up. Should be better for Kamara. That's what I'm hoping for, is that if, if Dalton's in there, Kamara gets more targets and does more with them. Andy Dalton in his last two seasons in Dallas and Chicago, and you can say you know he didn't have great weapons in Chicago, but uh, he did in Dallas. He averaged 6.5 and 6.4 yards per attempt, which is not good. Jameis is currently averaging 7.5 yards per attempt. Jameis averaged 7.3 yards per attempt last season. His career average is 7.7. So, I mean, I think it's, based on the numbers at least, you might not have as many interceptions, but a pretty big downgrade in terms of passing yards, I would expect, from Winston to Dalton. You're talking about a yard per attempt worse over the last two years. Uh, you know, it's not apples to apples. I get that, but no. And his A dot was way lower in Chicago. Like the first thing you think about from last year was how he just targeted Darnell Mooney like crazy. Like he was yeah, the reason why from- Mooney was the usable fantasy receiver. But the the A dot from Dalton was just so low last year. He goes from Mooney and Komet to to, to Thomas Olave and Landry. It's a huge jump. No, but I but mean- two years ago it was Lamb Cooper Gallup. And he was still 6.4 Yeah, I mean, look, he's not going to be great. There's a reason why he's, you know, been a backup now for several seasons because nobody wants to trust him as a starter. But, you know, hopefully he maximizes the potential of these guys. And just the the offense is going to change. You know, I mean, it's not going to be a lot of downfield throws. So it it should be a boost, as Dave said, for Kamara. It should potentially be a boost for Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. It's going to be a downgrade for Olave. But the thing for Olave for this week, at least, is that if there's no Michael Thomas, then he should continue to be a target hog. You know, so whether it's 13 targets that he's producing 150 yards or he's getting 13 targets and he's getting 95 yards, you know, so it, he'll, he'll still be relevant um, if Thomas is there. If Thomas is there, then you got to be a little concerned about Olave, but still a number three receiver. All right, a lot of the injuries we're talking about are happen to be NFC home games that we'll be discussing later today, but we're definitely keeping an eye on a couple of running backs here. Uh, Christian McCaffrey may not play this week. They're, they're facing Arizona, a tremendous matchup. And, oh, and Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas not at practice today. Not at practice. Wonderful. That's sarcasm. I have uh, Michael Thomas on 150 yeah, percent of my teams. <laughs> that sucks. Anyway, um, McCaffrey. 
All right, pick a handcuff real quick. Uh, pick a running back real quick on uh, Carolina. Who do you like? I'll I'll say Hubbard. I thought he looked better in the preseason. He won't score as many touchdowns, but he gets. I bet he gets more touches. <laughs> it is going to be a miserable split where Foreman is probably going to lead them in carries and Hubbard will probably play more in passing downs. Um, I would lean Foreman just with the touchdown potential, uh, but it's not anything that you want. It, it's like the Ravens without J.K. Dobbins. Like that's mm. the type of team it's going to be, you know, mi- just misery. Or the Ravens with J.K. Dobbins last week. Yeah, true. Cordero Patterson also mispracticed, so we would prefer Tyler Algier over both of the Carolina guys if uh, both McCaffrey and Patterson uh, are out. With with McCaffrey, got the NFL Network report that he should play, so at least that's the hope is that you know McCaffrey will be fine. And uh, the Falcons team site is just reporting that Patterson was resting. You know? okay. So as long as both guys get in some semblance of practice on Friday, you should be fine. Dalvin Cook expected to play. They're in London facing the Saints. Alvin Kamara's court hearing has been delayed until November 9th, making it even less likely that he gets suspended this year. Tampa Bay say that, says they want to get Rashad White more involved. Big game against the Chiefs this week. DeAndre Swift, mispractice, no surprise. And David Montgomery, mispractice, no surprise. And Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert are two must-start guys this week. A wide receiver, Gabe Davis, mispractice. And Amonra St. Brown, mispractice. And Keenan Allen left, left practice with a trainer. So at this point, guys, are you ranking Gabe Davis, Amonra St. Brown, or Keenan Allen? I had to move St. Brown down before the Thursday game so that everybody that was worth a darn in the game was ranked ahead of him. You got to be prepared for him to not play. And I'm not sure if I feel the same way about Davis because did did he miss a day of practice last week? Yeah. Uh, I don't believe he missed oh, last oh. week. He missed... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought, and he definitely missed the week before. Okay. Right. Yeah, I got confused. Well, we'll see what happens, but I I, I would not feel optimistic <laughs> about St. Brown or Allen. Yeah, you don't want to see Keenan Allen leaving practice. That was no. we don't know. No, the, the fact that they listed him as limited though, because I think he, he left before practice started. No, I don't sure. McCaffrey is at practice, according to Darren Gant, who's with the Panthers. So there you go. Okay, great. Chris Godwin was rested. I think we still have to consider him up in the air for this week. And Julio Jones was limited. Uh, it's hard to do start or sit for that game when we don't know who's going to play, but we'll try. No. Rondale Moore was but limited Bulls in practice. was optimistic on Julio earlier this week. Earlier this week, yeah, even last week. Rondale Moore was limited in practice. Alan Lazard was limited. Christian Watson practiced in full. Looks, I would assume they're both going to play, Lazard and Watson. I think you should expect that. Yep. Does that, does that mean Romeo Dobbs is, well, you guys don't even have him as a starter anyway, more of a number four guy, I think, right? Flex, right. Yeah. All right, Jarvis Landry limited. Uh, that was yesterday. Actually, we just got the update. Michael Thomas not practicing, so I think Landry should play. Probably not on Thomas uh, as of now. As of now. Uh, and Jacoby Myers was limited. Zay Jones mispracticed with an ankle injury. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. MVS mispracticed with an abdomen injury. Miko Hardman was limited at practice. Hunter, Hunter Renfro still out. And Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson were out. Looks like David Njoku is fine. Dalton Schultz practiced in full. TJ Hawkinson was back at practice yesterday. The Ravens might get left tackle Ronnie Stanley back this week. On defense, Miles Garrett has a chance to play. I have not seen an update on uh, on Jadavion Clowney. Have you guys? I have not. Yeah, it looks uh, no. like I did not see anything. Um, that's a, that'll do it, I guess. I uh, Gave you some injury updates yesterday on defense. We're going to keep an eye on Jair Alexander, Jordan Poyer, safety for the Bills, J.C. Jackson, cornerback for the Chargers, 
and we will see. Denzel Ward, cornerback for the Cleveland Browns. We heard he has a good chance to play earlier. All right, it's time for Beat the Waiver Wire. A lot of bad defenses with good matchups next week. I'm not sure if you want to trust them, um, but maybe Jacksonville. They might not be that bad on defense, and they get Houston next week. But Minnesota has, has the Bears. Detroit has the Patriots, but those defenses have been bad. Uh, the Chargers get Cleveland. The Chargers have been terrible two straight weeks. The and Saints, now they don't have Bosa for a while. Right, exactly. Do you, do you guys, because uh, I, don't, I don't do this because of how I build my team. Do you guys actually carry two defenses on any of your team? I think I do on two of my 17 teams. Two? And one of them is the 22-team office league where DSTs are pretty valuable. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the moment, so. no. There are times when I am looking at my roster on a Saturday or a Sunday and I have a dead roster spot, and and um, I'll pick up a DST for next week. But almost uh, very rarely. Some, you yeah, know, later exactly, in the year, I mean, I we, we tell people we tell people this every week, and I, I just wonder like how many people actually put it into practice. I'm not. I'm not. It's not to be critical. I'm just curious. Every now and then but, it helps. But I've I've been getting questions about is is this guy droppable? Is that guy droppable? Yeah, One yeah. of these DSTs is out there, sure. and the DST you currently have has a tough matchup next week. Then you could pick up the second DST and drop the droppable guy. Uh, if you don't want to pick up a DST, and by the way, I like the Saints next week against Seattle. If you don't like to pick, if you don't want to pick up a DST, maybe you want a quarterback. How about Jameis Winston if he's back against Seattle, or Ryan Tannehill at Washington, or Dalton? Yeah, I don't know if I want to. I don't know if you want to pick up Dalton, but see how he plays this week. Yeah, see, you can always pick him up. See how he plays. You're not going to start him. Right. If he's absolutely dreadful, then you cut him on Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, Dalton, if he plays well, he could be the starter the rest of the way. Uh, and yeah. Ryan Tannehill at Washington. They are one of the worst defenses in football right now. Uh, I put any handcuff running back on beat the waiver wire. And then, guys, I have a big list here of probably 20 wide receivers who are available in anywhere from 6 to 67% of leagues. Dave, Ooh, if can you're I look- pick my favorite? Can I pick my favorite? Pick, like, three that you'd be looking to add right now. Okay. Lay them out. Oh, I, I'm not going to read all of them, but... <laughs> All right, in the shallow section. Wow, we're only 25 minutes in. We I haven't know. done one game yet. In the shallow <laughs> section, Woods, Burks, Mooney, Gallup, Pickens. Burks. Burks oh, Gallup. Or Pickens. Gallup. Burks and Gallup. Easy. In the medium section, Zay Jones, Josh Palmer, Greg Dortch, Kadarius Tony, Jamison Williams. Uh, Williams, Tony's if you have the other. No, I I disagree. Uh, I like Williams if you've got the IR spot, and then put him in the IR spot, and then go get Zay Jones. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume these people he's don't add Kadarius Tony. If he becomes what he could become, he could be a league winner. Yes, or he could be what he has been, which is a guy that is hurt all the time in the coaching. And then you cut him. Rondo Moore yeah, is available. I cut him and get somebody else. Uh, go ahead. Christian Watson's available. That's fine. Van Jefferson's available. Dave likes him. He's six percent owned. All right. One question for each game. Minnesota at New Orleans. Quick take on the Saints wide receivers, Jamie. Uh, plan on Michael Thomas not playing. Plan on Chris Olave being a low-end number two guy without Thomas there. Plan on Landry being a good sleeper for this week with Andy Dalton starting. Yeah, seriously. I mean, if you have a if you have a Monroe St. Brown, if you have a Keenan Allen or something, you need to pivot to somebody. Actually, if Keenan Allen doesn't play, pivot to Josh Palmer. But uh, Jarvis Landry should should be should not be overlooked. Seattle at Detroit. Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, Dave. I like Lockett a little bit more. I love the targets that he's been getting the past couple of weeks. You know what's going to happen to DK Metcalf? He's going to get Okuda. He's going to get Okuda. Did you see what he said? Barra Okuda. 
What? Who? Metcalf? Somebody they asked they asked him about Okuda, and he said he's getting he's getting help over top, so he's doing a nice job. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he, both are true, I think. Uh, at least last week. All right, uh, Los Angeles Rams at San Francisco 49ers. Matthew Stafford, 62nd rankings dispute. Dave, I believe you like Stafford. You have him 12. I got him ranked top 12, but it's it's kind of by default because I don't like a lot of quarterbacks this week, and I am nervous about what the upside is with him because I do believe that the one part of the 49ers that's still really good is their defensive line. But I also think the Rams can work around that, and I would expect... I don't think the Rams are going to become run heavy all of a sudden. They're going to lean on Stafford, which means they're going to lean on Cup. And I think he's got a good chance to get you around 22 fantasy points. Not excited about him, but I do have him top 12. Okay. And Jamie, you have him 18th, Stafford. Yeah, I I, I probably have him too low, but I I will take the under on 20 fantasy points. He's only been over 20 once uh, so far in three games. Um, This 49ers defense, I think, is going to be a problem for this Rams offensive line. Uh, I think they'll make Stafford uncomfortable. And I don't think he's going to have a big game. I think he'll be okay. He still needs some help. I mean, look, Robinson's been disappointing. Uh, Higby's yet to find the end zone. So, you know, you, you, you find a way to take away Cooper Cup in any capacity. And, and, and for what it's worth, I know he had the drop in the end zone, but the Cardinals limited Cooper Cup um, once again, which is a good call by you, Adam, in terms of what they do against number one receivers. Um, DJ Moore. I, I, I think Stafford is going to underperform. He had 11 fantasy points in San Francisco last year. So could have that again. So right. then who are you starting ahead of him if you've got him 18th? Oh, I would start Lawrence over him. I would start Mariota over him. I would start Jared Goff over him, um, assuming what the receiving core looks like there. So, like I said, I have him a little bit too low, but uh, he'll be in the in the 15 range. He won't be a top 12 guy. I'd start Brady and Wilson over him. Kansas City. Brady, and I'm kind of I'm kind of there with Wilson, too. It's close between them. Right now, I've got Stafford a spot ahead. Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Which wide receivers are you starting, Dave? I'm starting Mike Evans. Feeling great about it. I am starting Juju with expectations of what he did in weeks one and three. This is his own defense. So I do think that he can come through for decent volume there. And that's really about it. Even if Godwin plays, I'll be nervous to use him because it's his first game back. If he doesn't play, then Gage and Julio, they're in play as low-end flexes in PPR. Okay. Washington at Dallas. Who's the best running back in this game, Jamie? Uh, Both Cowboys guys over Gibson. Both, okay, who's your, you like Pollard better, right? Uh, no, I like Zeke better, uh, Zeke. slightly. Uh, Zeke, Pollard, Gibson. I have no faith in Antonio Gibson this week. Um, he has become way too touchdown dependent. His role in the passing game has been minimized by J.D. McKissick, and this offensive line is an absolute travesty. And so uh, sit Gibson if you can, flex at best. Arizona. I ranked him high to begin the week. I, I, I did like his change. Look, he is scoring, so take that for what it's worth, and – I think they'll realize that they can't run it ball well with him. Maybe they give him some more targets again this week. So I, I kind of liked him to start out. Okay. Uh, Adam, I have a question. Okay. Um, instead of paying attention to us, why are you texting about a wedding? <laughs> Ooh, who's getting married, Adam? <laughs> My wife's friend. Why oh, am I? Te- nice. I've got a group text with Nando and one other guy, and he, Nando's blowing up my phone. I said, I'm podcasting right now. Am I allowed to say that? I'm paying attention. I'm trying to uh, shut or him up. Or you could be a professional. He wants, he wants, Nando wants to know why you ended your friendship with him. Uh-huh. Many reasons. All right. <laughs> I love that. Nando's been off our show for like eight years, and he's still derailing the podcast. A true pro, Adam, would leave his phone away from the podcast. Why? Our producer already texted me with a note. I need my phone. What was the note? It was about Tua. 
All right, Arizona, Carolina. Do James oh. Conner and or DJ Moore? Does do James Conner and or DJ Moore get going this week? Conner does for sure. Yeah, I hope so. Why so confident, Jamie? Uh, well, I mean, Kingsbury's going to get in the work. Um, it's uh, you, you know, I, I think you just look at this offense right now. It's it's a little broken, <laughs> and. You know, they, they haven't had the opportunity, I think, to establish the run game because of how things have gone for them in terms of game flow. So I think they'll try and get Connor going early. Uh, I think he'll score. He's not going to have a great game, but, you know, I think he'll be five catches again like he was in week one. I think he'll have probably 80 total yards and touchdowns. So not a monster game for James Connor, but certainly serviceable enough to be borderline number one guy, top 15 running back for this week. I'm sorry. I can't support DJ Moore this week. He had a terrible game against against them last year. They continue to take away number one wide receivers. Cup should have had a you know like eighty yards and a and a touch and a touchdown, but he still wouldn't have had a, a typical Cooper Cup game. Uh this is what Arizona does if they treat DJ Moore that way. Uh do you guys have him as a top thirty wide receiver, DJ Moore? No. Okay. I'm looking. I got him fortieth. All right, yeah, last he's in, game. He's here. in the mid thirties for me. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the clip of him yesterday. Um, that's been making the rounds. He is. Uh, he was asked. It was a little bit of a contentious interview. Um, he handled himself well, but apparently uh, Matt Rule said that the receivers have to help the quarterback, and he was basically trying to say like, you know, in a, in a nice way, um, I'm I'm open. <laughs> um, I, I this is I hate their play calling. I I, I think yeah. You know, McAdoo is doing a horrible job and, and Matt Rule is not helping him. Like when you have a player like this and uh-huh. you even go back to the game last night, the Dolphins manufacture so many touches for Tyreek Hill. And, and yeah. granted, DJ Moore is not Tyreek Hill. But when you script out your first drive or your first couple of drives, however they, they go about their game planning, there should 1,000% be five targets going to DJ Moore in the first quarter. Get him in rhythm, get him going. It just makes it easier for Baker. And it doesn't have to be 15 yards down the field. Give him a two-yard pass that he could turn into a six-yard play. Give him a five-yard pass that he could turn into maybe a 15-yard play. Give him th- just put it, the ball in his hands yeah. in some way, shape, or form to get him going a little bit. And that would be, I think, a great thing for their offense. It's just it's very frustrating. But to answer your question, no, you cannot start him in a two-receiver league at this point. He should probably still be restart- started in three-receiver leagues for what his upside can be. And let's be fair. He did score a touchdown two games ago. So it's not like he's been a complete travesty compared to some receivers. But – He's, he's quickly falling into the Allen Robinson range where great, not great, he's a great player. Allen Robinson's not a great player anymore. But, you know, someone that you liked going into the season, you drafted to be a starter for you that you just can't trust right now. Okay. Uh, DJ Moore's problem isn't the play calling, it's the quarterback. Because Baker's missing him. Four of his six well, starters. It, 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 it goes hand in hand. I mean, they're, they're, Baker's not playing well right now. So how do you make things easier for Baker is you give easy design throws, throws short design throws to DJ yes. Moore. Yes, sure. But they also did a short design throw to LaVisca last week. Or I don't know if it was designed for LaVisca because Moore was running around. Well, I mean, the, the blocking was set up for a design throw. Yes, that was a design throw. Yeah. Uh, and then in week one, there was the deep ball to Robbie. So they're doing some of that stuff. They're just not doing it with DJ Moore. I don't think the coaching staff likes DJ Moore. Like fantasy managers like DJ Moore. And I think Baker's a problem for DJ Moore. Well, they also, I, mean, I don't know if I don't would think be any better. Thrown thirty passes this year, uh, this in a game this year. Uh, Chicago at the Giants just start the running backs. Yes, but Darnell Mooney, no. Cole Komet, no. I was about to make a joke. If Dave Chappelle gave the Wicked Witch of the West advice on a sleeper to pick up, what would he say? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. Get Richie James, which? Jeez. Oh, that was that was really bad, Dave. That was a real reach. All right, Minnesota's at New Orleans. You don't think that Dave Chappelle talks to witches very often? I don't think so. Not about Richie James. Stat of the day, the Saints are last. He is good, though. I like, I like the idea of picking him up. Okay. Can I, can I go now? Here we go. I'd like to talk more about. Stat of the game for Minnesota and New Orleans. The Saints are last in the NFL at pressure rate, 17%. Much worse. Uh, uh, what? They, they really didn't pressure much in the first two weeks on purpose. Okay. Week three, they got a lot of pressure. Okay. I think they can get after Cousins. All right, you know what? Why don't you just... Uh, Kirk Cousins is top 10 and start him. He's not... He's he's above this bush of quarterbacks that stink this week. Um, Dalvin Cook is a must start. How about Adam Thielen? Justin Jefferson, I know everyone's going to go back to him. How about Adam Thielen against the Saints who uh, have... They have been pretty good against wide receivers so far. Um, yeah, they, they have been. They're giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, Jamie, start us at Adam Thielen. I think he's a number three receiver. Uh, it's nice that he's gotten seven targets each of the last two weeks, and he, he got into rhythm with, with Cousins last week. But this has got to be a situation where, again, pepper your number one guy with targets. And so uh, will that be the case? I can't tell you for sure. Um, obviously, Cousins got you know great production at the end of the game from Osborne and from, and from Thielen. And that could be the sign of him in the system getting more comfortable that I don't just necessarily have to feature one guy. Uh, you see that as quarterbacks evolve. You know, somebody his level of, of experience should be a little bit used to that by now, but who knows with a new coach. Uh, but in any event, um, it feels like this should be a Jefferson game. I'm hoping it's a Jefferson game. Uh, so feeling if, if he scores, you'll be fine. If he doesn't score, you'll be a little bit frustrated. So, you know, probably max out at about 11 or 12 PPR points if he doesn't find the end zone. Uh, if he scores, could be looking at 18 to 20. So, uh, number three receiver. Irv Smith is 17th-ish for Dave and Jamie. He has... 14 targets in his last two games. It's not so bad. Saints haven't really been tested, but they did have they did limit Kyle Pitts to 19 yards on seven targets in week one. So Irv Smith is not really a starter. More desperation there. Uh, all right. Would you? St- I can't imagine you're going to start Andy Dalton, but would you start Jameis Winston if he plays, Dave? I'm starting him in a, uh, at least one 2QB league where uh, Justin Fields has been my second quarterback. So, yes. Oh, oh you know Fields. what? I get it. Yeah, I think, I, I think we, Heath and I probably have to look at that because we are starting... Justin Fields right now. So. Did you add Dalton already? No, I'm not sure if he's been added. It's 10 teams, so guys are available on waivers, a few, four or five every week or so. He might be one of them. Um, yeah, that, but that's the range that he's in. He's a, he's a right. starter in two QB leagues ahead of Justin Fields. But it, it, Goff, even do I like Goff without St. Brown better than Dalton without Michael Thomas? I, I kind of do. I kind of do, especially with the matchup against Seattle. Uh, I might even take Brissett against Atlanta over Dalton. Yeah, I, I would agree. Okay. And definitely but Gino. I, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a Gino truther this week. I think he I, I, w- I would have said the same thing about Jameis too, though. So I'm with you. How do you feel about Alvin Kamara? Easy start. Love him with Dalton. I like him better with Dalton, especially with no Thomas. I, I think that's the bigger. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's, it sets up for him to have a major role. <clears throat> I would be disappointed if he had. 11 carries and five targets. All right. Chris Olave has back-to-back games with 13 targets. Uh, he is 93% rostered. You cannot get him. Jarvis Landry, on the other hand, is 68% rostered. And you can 
get Jarvis Landry. And you're, we're not interested in him if Michael Thomas plays, but uh, I guess after Justin Jefferson, rank the wide receivers in this game. So Olave, Landry, uh, Thielen, and I guess I'll throw Osborne in there. Jefferson, Olave, Landry. Jefferson, Olave, Thielen, Landry. Um, Osborne. Osborne. No love for Traquan Smith. Well, he was banged up too. Is, is he been practicing? He had a concussion, but he's been practicing. So my guess is that he passes the protocol. Well, but I, I, so, I, so, I, I think it depends on who's available. I think Smith no, 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 was no. the first guy in last week. Because Callaway scored. I mean, both guys got banged up last week, though. So. Didn't Trey Smith you have, have to be a, really a freaking desperate to need one of those guys on your fantasy team? True. No, like them. I would rather forget have Richie them. James. Let's let's Which? focus on Olave here. <laughs> let's focus on Olave here because he is top thirty guy for everyone. He's top twenty six for Dave and Jamie. And uh, would you start Olave or Metcalf? I'd go Olave. with Olave. Garrett Wilson or Olave? Uh, Olave. Who or Olave? Garrett Wilson. I think I'd still go with Olave over Garrett Wilson. How about Devontae Smith or Olave? Smith. Smith. How about a running back? Uh, Cordero Patterson, if he plays, or Chris Olave? Uh, Patterson. It's going to be closer. Full PPR, Adam? Mm-hmm. I, I think I'll say Olave. Last one. Miles Sanders against the Jaguars or Chris Olave against the Vikings? Olave. Oh, Olave. I really anticipate Olave being in, in a lot of starter sit questions on Sunday morning. So Right. I would not expect. So the one thing that Olave does best is just accelerate downfield. We've seen it the last two weeks, and Jameis can get the ball to him. Now, Dalton might be able to get the ball to him, too. And I, I think you take the chance on that. But more importantly, because Michael Thomas isn't there, should open up the target volume to remain what it's been, even though Dalton's the quarterback. That's why you got to like Olave. Sorry. Okay. okay. And Landry. Are you feeling better? Yeah, I, I am feeling a little bit better. I slept a little later today, so I didn't. I didn't spend as much time researching the Giants Bears game. I was like, you know what? I think. I think we know what that game's going to be about. I'm going to get an extra half hour here. Uh, would you start Jarvis Landry over a Jets running back? I would over, uh, Carter. over Carter. Not I start Hall. Hall. Uh, uh, full PPR. Yeah, I think I'd probably go with Brees Hall over Landry and full PPR. Okay, I believe we are done with this game. Would you start Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers? You, oh, you have them back to back. Cousins. Who do I have higher? Rodgers. Do, 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 do. Rodgers. <laughs> I think there's a little more upside with Rodgers. They're both top 10. Cousins ahead of Derek Carr. Cousins ahead of Russell Wilson. All right, next game. Seattle's at Detroit. Stat of the game. Detroit has allowed 17.9 or more PPR fantasy points to five wide receivers in three games. A.J. Brown, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, K.J. Osborne, and Adam Thielen. But they also have Jeffrey Okuda, who has been very good and has done a nice job limiting Devontae Smith, limiting Terry McLaurin, I believe, and certainly limiting Justin Jefferson. With help, with help, but he's doing a good job. So... On one hand, they've been a great matchup, Jamie, for wide receivers. On the other hand, they've got a perhaps rising star at cornerback. Maybe a little premature in saying that, but we got our eyes on it. Um, what does that mean for you in terms of the Seahawks wide receivers? Uh, I think Lockin and Metcalf should easily be started in three receiver leagues. It's just a matter of, I think, who you have in, in two receiver leagues. 
Um, I give a slight nod to Metcalf in non-PPR because at least you've seen him score a touchdown once. And so, you know, that gives him a little bit of an upside because typically he's going to find the end zone more times than not comparatively to Lockett based on their track record. Uh, Lockett is really locked in with Geno Smith right now, so that's doing, you know, it's been been fun to see. Um, and so in PPR, I would lean toward Lockett. So hopefully that continues. It's a good matchup against the Lions, like you said. You know, Kuda's playing well. Um, but is he the type of cornerback that you fear for your opposing receiver? Uh, probably not yet. So Tracy Walker's absence, I think, is going to be tough for the Lions, you know, not having the back end of the secondary covered. So I, I think both the guys, again, number three receivers, uh, Lockett slightly more in, in PPR and probably half, Metcalf more in none. Adam Thielen or a Seahawks guy? Both Seahawks. Seahawks guy. I like this, by the way, this team name. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's Olave. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I like that. Just Bob. Uh, all right, Geno Smith, Dave. 18th for you, yes. uh, 16th for you, moving up, moving up. Wow, all right. Uh, go ahead. He's given you at least 20 fantasy points in two of his three games, and I believe the Lions have allowed at least 20 fantasy points to every quarterback that they've faced. Now, the, I think the biggest thing you've got to worry about with Geno is how much he actually throws, because I think Seattle will try and run the ball a little bit more than they have been the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, you could do anything you want to this Lions defense. Do you think the Seahawks can take advantage of that. I mean, this has been the best running back matchup. Oh, we have a homecoming game. Who's that? The Michigan State guy going yeah. back. Well, he, he's not from Detroit. Ken Walker. Doesn't matter. It's college homecoming. Well, it's an hour and a half away. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, do, do you it's like... Ken Walker game. Let's go. <laughs> do you like Rashad Penny? I think Penny's I okay. I do. You know, I like Penny. The, the problem with Penny is, is, is he going to give you another empty game? So it's a, it's a great matchup. I think he's definitely worth starting as at least a flex. Um, probably comes down to what your lineup looks like. So if you couldn't get your hands on Jamal Williams or Cleo Herbert, he's a great fallback option, um, you know, to replace uh, DeAndre Swift and, and David Montgomery. But, you know, we've seen now two games of minimal work in the passing game. So maybe that changes with Travis Homer. We've seen him get off to good starts. You know, they're playing with the lead against the Broncos, and he was averaging five yards per carry. But, uh, nothing close to the end zone. So it's just a matter of, you know, will this be the game where he finally cracks through and, and breaks out? Or is this the Ken Walker game? It could be a fun one for him. I don't think so. Well, he still, he still ran with hesitation. He was tentative last week. And he, he also was had probably the best run of the season. He was of third in yeah, remember, Homer was second. Homer, by the way, yeah, he's on IR, but he only has four targets this year. They all came in week two. Uh, Detroit, though, I mean, I, I update this stat every week, and we'll update it again because it, it happened again. It's now 16 of their last 20 games where they have allowed 94 rushing yards or a rushing touchdown to a running back. Uh, last week, it was Alexander, Matt, both Cook and Madison scoring touchdowns, and Cook also got to the 94 rushing yard mark. He had 96 yards. So, again, 16 of the last 20 games since the start of 2021, the, the Lions have allowed... 94 rushing yards or a rushing touchdown to a running back. They are an incredible. I wonder what the. Uh, I think that's ending this the, week, by the way. I wonder what the line will look like if St. Brown is out. And uh, I guess we'll have to see what happens with Chark and with, with Josh Reynolds also, because um, both those guys were banged up. But if the receiving core is just bare right now, does the, does the line change? Because the Lions are five and a half point favorites, which is kind of strange. And yeah, we got to talk about the, uh, the Lions receivers. I think we're just about done with the Seahawks, unless you wanted to say. You would start. Would you? Would anybody start Geno Smith over Stafford? I'm not no. there yet. Would you start Geno Smith? Who's the best quarterback in this game, Golfer Smith? 
I think it's Gino if there's no St. Brown. I'll still take golf. Okay. And then for the for the Lions. All right. So golf is actually twelfth for Heath, and he's sixteenth for Jamie and twentieth for Dave. Um how about Jamal Williams is a must start. I'm not even gonna get it. He's the start of the week. Dave's not quite as high on on uh, Jamal Williams, and he has him 13th. So start Jamal Williams. Seahawks are an incredible matchup. Th- these two teams are such great matchups for running backs. Wide receivers. All right, give me the scenario, Jamie, if Amonra St. Brown plays, and if he doesn't. I mean, St. Brown's a must start, obviously, if he plays. If he's out, I mean, you got to keep an eye. Both both Chark and, and Reynolds have been banged up. Uh, Reynolds was limited. I think Chark missed practice on Thursday. So if both those guys play, I give a slight lean toward Reynolds just based on how he's performed so far this season, but both would get a boost uh, and be in the number three receiver range. Um, Not necessarily ranked that way, but you can certainly start them as number three receivers. Uh, Reynolds probably better in PPR. Chark probably better in non-PPR just with the touchdown potential, but uh, again, both very similar. And then a boost for Hawkinson too. Um, The fact that he's able to practice and, and, and seemingly on track to play is a great situation for him. So, um, you know, he he should be solidified as a top 10 tight end if Amara St. Brown's not there. So, Josh, if St. Brown plays, I, I don't think you want to trust outside of deeper leagues, Reynolds or, or Chark. Would you say if Michael Thomas and Amara St. Brown are, are both out, would you take Josh Reynolds or DJ Chark or Jarvis Landry? Landry. Reynolds, Landry, Chark, I think is how I will rank it. I like, I like Reynolds. I think... Goff likes Reynolds too. And let's say Keenan Allen is also out. Josh Palmer, Reynolds, Landry, who's the best? Palmer, Landry, Reynolds, Chuck. I think I'd go Palmer, Reynolds, Landry, Chark as well. Okay. You just said you like Reynolds over Landry. Yeah. What I say? I said yeah, Reynolds, that's what he said. Landry. I thought you said Landry Reynolds. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. Um, last year, by the way, this was uh, the breakout game for Palmer in his rookie season. For who? Against Texas. Against Texas. Against Houston. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. And yeah, TJ Hawkinson is. TJ. Why is TJ Hawkinson, by the way, so low for you guys? Just because he hasn't been very good. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Good, good, good response. Sit the DSTs. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk Rams at 49ers. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Rams at 49ers. Stat of the game. These run defenses have been very good. No running back has rushed for 50 yards yet against the Rams. And San Francisco is allowing 2.9 yards per carry to running backs. Do you want to start any running back in this game, Dave? No. I'm encouraged by what I saw with Cam Akers last week. He's at best a non-PPR flex. Okay. Uh, pressure uh, Wilson's rate. a good flex. I don't know. I, he makes me nervous, too. Yeah, I, I like him better. Him, but... Look, I, I like him better than the Rams running backs. Yeah, I would start I him over. Volume, let's, but... I would start him over Miles Sanders, for example. I would start him over Antonio Gibson. Um, I think they're, they're, you know, clearly giving him plenty of work and that's fantastic. You know, so, uh, Trent Williams not being there is ugly. That's not going to be fun. That line is in but bad shape. The fact that they're also throwing him the ball, which is, which is the best part about it. You know, so if he's going to get three catches, uh, he could still get over 80 total yards chance to score. At some point he's going to find the end zone. All right. So the Niners number one in the NFL in pressure rate. And Bills, the Bills are number three, and they destroyed Matthew Stafford. So I think that's where the concern lies with Matthew Stafford here. 100%. Um, I think that they're going to really have a lot of success against the run game, and Stafford's going to have to throw. And I, I think he played really well last week. He threw 25 times and averaged 10 yards per attempt, and it would have been a lot more than that if Cup didn't drop, what was that, a 40-ish yard touchdown pass that was beautifully thrown. So that's why I'm more optimistic. He scored 23 or more fantasy. He scored about 23 fantasy points in two of three games against the 49ers last year. Yes, they were both at home, and he was bad in the one road game. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, technically, technically though, the one at home was also a road game. Why? Because of the fans? You don't remember what happened that they had a silent count in their own building? Yeah, I don't remember yeah. that. No. Uh, but the Niners have been great. They have not even allowed 200 passing yards yet. Justin Fields, Geno Smith, Russell Wilson. We'll see what happens here. Uh, we already talked about Stafford earlier, but Dave's got him around 12th. Jamie's going to move him to around 15th. Sit the Rams running backs if you can, but you like Akers better than Henderson, I assume? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Cooper Cup is a start. Where you cool with Cup after last week? After the draft? Mm, let's see. <laughs> um, Allen Robinson. We've talked about Adam Thielen. We've talked about... Chris, uh, not a lot. I know he's going a bit of ahead of Robinson. We talked about Adam Thielen, the Seahawks guys. We talked about Jarvis Landry in the scenario that Michael Thomas All is better. out. All better than Robinson? Yeah, you can't trust him. I've got Robinson 52nd among wide receivers in PPR. Oh. Yeah, he's like 49th for me, something like that. Okay. Oh, you love him. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tyler Higby, must start guy. It's hard to get away from targets. I mean, Agreed. You know, this this has been the second best receiver receiving option for Stafford, and so you know hopefully he continues to produce. Obviously not an easy matchup, but um, eight to ten targets is 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 something that's easily in play for Tyler Higby this week. This will be interesting because you know I've, I talked about this at the beginning of the year. The San Francisco 49ers have been top six against tight ends in four straight seasons, and they have faced almost no good tight ends. And last year, it's really weird. They will this year, though, because they're playing the NFC West and the AFC West. You mean the AFC, right. And Tyler Higby actually caught two touchdowns last year, three touchdowns in two regular season games against the 49ers, and they got hurt in the postseason game. Um, This would definitely be a situation where you're not looking to stream a tight end over Higby. If you have him, you just start him. Yeah. 
Sit Garoppolo, Jeff Wilson. Uh, actually, Heath is the highest on Jeff Wilson. He has him in the top 20. And Wilson, you'd start Wilson, obviously, over Allen Robinson. Would you start Wilson or... I'd start Wilson the volleyball over Allen Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I don't know what happened to you last night or this morning, but you are in a fun, like an angry but fun angry mood, and I love it. Would you start Jeff Wilson or Curtis Samuel? Let's say half PPR. Samuel. Uh, half PPR. Yeah, probably Samuel. Okay. So definitely in full PPR, Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Non-PPR Wilson. Okay. Uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Who do you like better? Debo. I don't trust Ayuk this week. It's not that crazy. Ayuk, you could argue, is is a better... It more it will be a more prolific wide receiver with Jimmy Garoppolo, just as he was in the second half of last year. And uh, does he lead the team in receiving? He might. It's probably very close. I'm gonna check that. I bet they're very close. Uh, why don't you trust Ayuk? <laughs> I just don't trust he's going to be productive against this defense. Um, I think it's going to be a problem for Garoppolo. Also, I mean, they just lost Trent Williams, you know. So to to expect downfield throws with a lot of success from Jimmy Garoppolo is not exactly something I think you're going to see. So. You can see a lot of design, short throws to Debo, to Kittle, you know, get the ball out quick. Um, Shanahan will adjust, but, you know, can he adjust against this defense? This feels just like a low-scoring game. It just feels like it's not going to be a lot of points scored between these two teams. That's the worry, is that there's just, it's going to be a lot of field goals and, you know, maybe two touchdowns per team, something like that. And I think it'll be a close game after all. But the Rams have allowed the highest catch rate to wide receivers this year, 75%. That's crazy. Uh, only yeah, one how much of that though is, is, is week Buffalo? one versus weeks two, three, two and three. Look, it's just it's catch no. rate. If you want me to try and break it down, uh, hey, listen, the, the Rams have it. given up the second most points to wide receivers, and let's go through it. And they got the second torched. most yards to wide receivers too. They so. got torched by Diggs. They got torched by Gabe Davis. But Drake London had 86 yards and a touchdown. Alameda Zacchaeus caught a touchdown. Marquise Brown had 140 yards. Greg yeah. Dorch had nine for 80 on 10 targets. They. Right. And they're they're look, obviously teams are throwing like crazy against them. It's yes. just the nature of the teams that they've played. And I think the 49ers are gonna have to try and do something like that. And that gets me to Ayuk, who's got a twenty four percent target share on the season, but with Garoppolo, it's thirty percent. And I yeah. love that. So I, I think Ayuk is a flex. I'm still gonna start Debo over him. I think it's kind of crazy to think that it's not because Debo can contribute in the run yeah, game. Yeah, of course. But I wouldn't I wouldn't run away from Ayuk <laughs> just because he's playing against the Rams. No, the Rams' run defense is so good that teams are forced to, and their offense is good, obviously. The teams are forced to pass on them, like Kyler Murray threw, what, 60 passes in week three. Uh, Michael Thomas, by the way, has been declared out for the game. So we've already given you the contingency plans there. George Kittle is uh, eighth, ninth, right around there. Again, you're going to start him. The Rams have now allowed just one touchdown to a tight end in their last 14 games dating back to last year, and it was... George Kittle in the AFC Championship game. Which DST do you prefer? Rams. Let me double check because I want to say the Rams. It's the Rams, but they're both top 10. Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Stat of the game. The Chiefs have held James Conner to 2.6 yards per carry. Austin Eckler to 2.8. And Jonathan Taylor to 3.4 yards per carry. How about this Chiefs run defense? Dominant so far. They are without Willie Gay, but they were without him last week, starting linebacker. Meanwhile, the Bucs have the number one scoring defense in football, and the Chiefs are fifth in yards per play allowed. 
Both teams are top five. Jamie, is this a high-scoring game or kind of a surprisingly defensive game? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a surprisingly defensive game. I mean, you're looking at you know what the, the Bucks have been, and they're not exactly lighting things up, and they've been holding teams down. And we certainly have seen one sample size of this defense versus this quarterback. It was a much different offensive line for the Chiefs, but in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes was extremely frustrated against this team. So um, different set of circumstances, different set of you know weapons for Mahomes, and certainly a different offensive line. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game that's you know uh, in the low 40s at best. I don't think you want to play the over here. I know you guys don't love Cam Akers, obviously, and you're lukewarm on Jeff Wilson. Where do you rank Clyde Edwards-Elair amongst those guys? Uh, better than Akers and in the same range as Wilson. I would start I would start Clyde over Wilson and PPR for sure. I would too. Okay, but we do want to get away from Clyde if possible. Yeah, but I mean, you've, then you're starting to think about what running backs you'd use ahead of him. As a flex, definitely you can get away from Clyde. But as a starting running back, yeah, you, you weigh him against Miles Sanders, Wilson, Jacobs. I don't know if he's necessarily worse. I know it's a tough matchup, but they use him near the goal line. Uh, Jacobs certainly over Clyde. Uh, who else you say? Wilson, Jeff Wilson. Yeah, like I said, PPR, I go Clyde because of his role in the passing game, but I go Wilson and non-PPR. Uh, I like Brees Hall better. I like Tony Pollard better. Um, Kareem Hunt? I like Kareem Hunt better. All right. I mean, and, you know, 15 touches for him versus, you know, maybe 12 for Clyde in their respective matchups. I'll take Kareem. I threw three games. Look at the Chiefs wide receivers. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes is uh, top five. Interested to see what he does this week. He's only had one standout game. He's been around 20, 21 fantasy points each of the last two weeks after carving up Arizona. Uh, MVS and Juju so far do not have a single green zone target through three weeks. It's been basically all Kelsey, a little bit of Clyde. Not great for the wide receivers. And um, Juju's had two good games out of three. Nothing great. But Dave, uh, you have confidence that he can be in the, what, 70, 80-yard range? Juju? Somewhere around there. But more importantly, the five, six, seven catch range. Okay. Uh, right around, he, I don't, has he even had a 15-point PPR game yet? He might have last week. I, don't I think in the 14s. Like so he's been really close. So, like, good number three receiver in PPR. <laughs> Okay. I think the, the yeah, thing to keep bad. an eye on here is MVS has mispracticed Wednesday and Thursday with an abdomen injury. And if he's out this week, then what do they do? Do they put Sky Moore on the field more? Do they put Justin Watson on the field more? You know, who gets the benefit of the additional playing time? And Michael Hartman is also banged up. He's dealing with a heel injury right. for the last Might be two both weeks. of them. So, it, yeah, it could be. Um, but I, I think they like Wilson. Or not Wilson. Uh, Watson. They, they like Watson a lot. Um, I, I think the thing that would be – the hope would be – you know, and, and this goes back to what Mahomes told us this offseason that expect to see a diverse offense and, you know, a frustrating situation for fantasy managers. Well, if they're down, you know, one or two guys, maybe we get some concentrated targets like we're used to from Mahomes. And that helps Juju and that helps Kelsey. And we see these guys, you know, maybe pop a little bit based on what their potential could be. So um, obviously nobody's getting away from Kelsey. But I think if there is no MBS, then that's a big boost for Juju. Okay. It's, it's not like MVS is doing anything, but he's on the field all the time. So, Well, I mean, he's getting seven targets a week, you know, so those seven targets yeah. go somewhere else. Okay, start Travis Kelsey. Tom Brady, starter sit, Jamie? I would start him. I don't think it's a slam dunk like, oh, my God, you got to go back to Tom Brady. But, like, I made the decision, you know, not not that it, you know, who knows how it would have worked out, but I had Tom Brady in two in one league and I started Brady. Um, I think, you know, he's – him and Russell Wilson, to me, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for them to be – 
in better situations. For Brady, mostly it's because he's getting Evans back and hopefully Godwin. Uh, Russell Gage seemed to show something last week that, you know, maybe Brady will trust, not necessarily just because the guys were missing. Uh, maybe the same thing with Brate, you know, getting just different guys involved, you know, certainly would help his his outlook. I hope Donovan Smith plays. I think that's huge. You know, getting his left tackle back to solidify the offense line a little bit. Uh, but every quarterback against this chief defense has at least gotten two touchdowns. And so I think if Brady gets that second touchdown, I don't think he's going to be turnover prone. So can he get you two fifteen two? I think that's realistic. So back end number number one quarterback, you know, whether he's 10 or 12, you know, I don't think he's going to be a top five guy, but he's got the opportunity, I think, to still reward you with about a 20 to 22 point game. Start Fournette, Evans for sure. Dave, I, you already did this earlier, but you want to run down how you feel about the Bucks wide receivers because there's just a lot of uncertainty here. Evans is a top 15-ish type of wide receiver, especially in, well, it's both formats really because you're hoping that he scores a touchdown. Don't hate the matchup for him. I, I think if Julio plays, he's probably the next best guy, but it's with some trepidation because he could always get hurt. I think Gage kind of, made him a trustworthy target for Tom Brady, and he could be their slack guy if Godwin doesn't play. If Godwin plays, it'll hurt. It'll hurt certainly Julio and Gage a lot, but I don't know if fantasy managers can just race right back to Godwin in in typical two wide receiver, one flex leagues because we don't know how much he'll play. We don't know how effective he'll be. I have Godwin only in three wide receiver, one flex leagues, and I would, I'm sure you would too. I mean, I would be so excited to start him. I've been dying yeah. to start Chris Godwin. Three receiver PPR leagues. I've got him in three receiver, three flex leagues. I would absolutely start him. Yeah. He, I mean, he really, I know, was so small, but he looked very good in week one. Three catches, 35 yards on three targets. But the way he exploded and that one catch he made and that wide receiver screen, I think it was, made me at least feel like, okay, he's the ACL is not an issue right now. He's and good. then his hamstrings exploded. And then his, his hamstrings, yes, exactly. But uh, at least I think he's recovered from the ACL. Um, I hope he plays. Uh, all right, so... Imagine if they didn't play him that week and rush him on the field, and then we would have had him for the last maybe two weeks. Maybe. Starter said Cameron Brate. If you're, if you're desperate at tight end. Okay. And he's the second best tight end in this game. Would you start a, a DST? Uh, no. Washington is at Dallas, that of the game. The Cowboys have held their first three opponents to under 20 points for the first time since 1974. Almost 50 years. How about them Cowboys? Okay. Carson Wentz or Cooper Rush? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you laugh, uh, I mean, but they, Rush played. If the Cowboys so win this well. game, it could be it could be Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush. Um, yeah. Still, Wentz. Uh, I agree. Wentz should throw more. You like Wentz this week? No, but no, I, I like it's a volume thing Rush. For, it's a volume thing for Rush. Yeah, that Cowboys pass rush is going to be all over Carson Wentz. Uh, is Gibson? Did you see how many times he was pressured last week? Pressured? I know he was sacked nine times. Who? Daniel Jones or Carson nine Wentz? Times. I'm sorry, he was. Uh, he was hit 17 times. Not that much of his pressure. So he sacked nine times. He was hit 17 he times. He was pressured a ton. And did you see how many times the Cowboys sacked and hit Daniel Jones? Mm-hmm. No, saw, it's the exact same problem that Wentz is going to so they have. Sacked, they sacked him five times, and they hit him 12 times. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah, the luck, most right? pressures for a Giants quarterback in, like, I don't know, 15 55% years? of the snaps. Something crazy 55%. like that. 55%. Holy cow. Yeah. 
I was very, it was brutal. I was very proud of Daniel Jones. I wanted to go in the locker room and call and be like, "I'm so proud of you, son." I was, thought he they played. <laughs> I was just I, I was swelling with pride for the guts he displayed in that game. Carson Wentz gonna have to do the same thing. Um, Carson Wentz or Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Geno Smith. Yes, all those guys over Wentz. Okay, Gibson or Clyde. I have Gibson uh, over Clyde. Gibson Especially in non-PPR, PPR. Clyde in PPR. They've just stopped throwing to Gibson. It's the Jamie McKissick show. Yeah, I think well, they're we, going to have to throw to Gibson. Gibson had a terrible run late last week. I don't know if he had another carry after it. But he went east and west instead of north and south. It's the thing that they hate the most. The second thing they hate the most about Antonio Gibson, the first is the fumbles. He hasn't done that yet. I think they've got to throw. They, they know what the Cowboys pass rush is going to be able to do. They just experienced it with Philadelphia. Dallas isn't as good defensively as Philadelphia, but they're close. They're going to work around that. I think Gibson gets back involved in the passing game. So where do you have him ranked? You obviously seem to like him. More. I've got him. Why, way why too would high they go? Right why would they go back to get Gibson involved in the passing game when they've been using McKissick in that role? For they last can. Year? They're because they can't run the ball and they've got to get the ball out of. But, 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 but again, though, why would they use? Gibson because they can't though. overload McKissick if they give Why not? 12 targets because it's just they've never done that. Maybe they could. I mean, they have Maybe the last two weeks. completely bench like, Gibson <laughs> and they go with McKissick. There's a simpler answer here. You think here. that's what's going to happen? There's a simpler answer here. It's McKissick plays on third down. If they just throw the ball to Gibson on first and second down like they did in week one when he had seven and catches. 2021 and 2020. Yeah. They did I, it a ton then too. But it's hard to say they will because they have Curtis Samuel playing that role and they still have yeah, McLaurin I mean, and they still have Dotson. They have, they have other options. It's just they're back to I don't trust Antonio Gibson mode again. And they've proven that the last two weeks. If he doesn't score a touchdown, you're getting a miserable stat line. And so this is a defense that's been very good. I should I, I would hope that they'd be able to contain this this offense based on how this offensive line looks right now. So I would stay away from Antonio Gibson if you can. He's a flex at best. What about the wide receivers? Um, they're I'm all number three guys at best. Right. Uh, McLaurin might be a low-end number two for me. I'd start a lobby over him. I would start... I don't think I'd go the Landry uh, Reynolds route over him yet, but he's closer to those guys than he is to Mustard. Who, who are you talking about, McLaurin or Samuel? Both. Well, Samuel, I mean, seven catches. In, yeah, he's, he's good. Number every three game. Three at least seven. Seven, eight in every game. Yeah, I've got McLaurin right at 24th among wide receivers. Might be a tad too high, but high-end flex at minimum. <laughs> Samuel is 31st. Got him ahead of Dorch. Got him ahead of Ayuk, Bateman, Garrett Wilson. He's going to get a ton of catches. Okay. If Chris Godwin plays, how many Washington wide receivers are you starting over Chris Godwin? I'd probably still start McLaurin over him just because of the first game back for Godwin, but I'd start Godwin over Samuel. I wouldn't. Not in PPR. Not in PPR, maybe. But in full PPR, give me Samuel. Uh, Logan Thomas or Cameron Brait? No, Gin Thomas. <laughs> He's a touchdown or bust tight end. Both of them are. But I'd rather have Thomas than Brait. Yeah, I agree. All right, Cooper Rush is not ranked. He hasn't exactly put up big numbers. But he, if, if CeeDee Lamb had caught that deep ball, that would have been a much better game for Cooper Rush. Uh, Washington allows the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They've given up over 30 points two weeks in a row to golf and hurts. And they allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks last year. So it's a, it's a great matchup, but you know, he's Cooper, he's Cooper rush. So Zeke and Pollard 
Jamie said a lot about this. I think we talked about them actually a lot yesterday. Dave, how do you feel about Zeke and Pollard this week against Washington, which so far is giving up 5.3 yards per carry to running backs? I don't know what. They were really good against running backs last year. They're terrible so far this year. How do you feel about these Cowboys guys? If we were so sure that Pollard was going to get almost the same amount of work as Zeke, then I would start Pollard ahead of Zeke. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. I know it was the case last week. I'm not sure it's going to be the case this week, and I think Zeke has the better chance to score. So I like Zeke better than Pollard, but I do like Pollard as a high-end flex, regardless of whether catches count or not. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, funny. What, you get another text? Yeah, yeah. Nah, no. Let's just try to save our What do you pressure. say? What do you say? Things, things I'd rather rankings. So these are things. These are the rankings of things that he'd rather have. I'm not going to tell you the first two. Number three is friendship with Allie remains intact. That's my wife. Friendship with Adam's wife remains intact. Friendship with Dave Azer remains intact. That's my brother. Next is friendship with Adam Azer is restored after a heart-to-heart by the ice machine as Bill watches with the, Anyway, uh, he's <laughs> he is prioritizing friendship with my wife and my brother over friendship with me. So... I think it's officially over. Uh, Dallas wide receivers. Lamb a must start? <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. Noah Brown, any interest? Michael Gallup, any interest? No. Uh, I'd have both. more interest in Noah Brown if Michael Gallup was not playing. Right. But if Michael Gallup plays, then it's hard to trust him. But uh, certainly somebody that should be on your radar still in case Gallup is out. All right. This team sucks against slot receivers. Keep that in mind. They did last year. They do this year. They, they're terrible against everyone, basically. They've allowed 100 <laughs> yards said, every sucks. game. I can't stop there. They're so bad. Uh, How's Jack Del Rio not fired yet? Yeah. Oh, you get Schneier talking about Jack Del Rio. It's hilarious. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Um, yeah. Where do you guys have Dalton Schultz ranked this week? Low end number uh, one tight end. Right around ten. Um, it's more of a hope than a guarantee, you know, because who knows a if he plays and b how much he'll play. But it's a great opportunity, you know, if he's out there. He's better than the touchdown or bust tight ends. Tyler Higby or Dalton Schultz? Higby. I would go Higby and PPR, Schultz and non with the chance that he scores. Logan Thomas or Dalton Schultz? Schultz. Schultz. Oh, I got a good one. Tyler Conklin, number three tight end in fantasy, or Dalton Schultz? So I've got Conklin ranked pretty high in PPR because he's been so involved lately, but I'm not sure what's going to happen with Zach Wilson there. That's when I might have to change. But I um, still might put him right ahead of Schultz. I would treat Schultz and Conklin the same way I would treat Schultz and Higby. Higby and Conklin better in PPR, Schultz better in non-PPR. Well, I don't know that Dalton Schultz would be a, a draft. I don't even know if he'd be drafted if Cooper Rush were the quarterback all year. I mean, the appeal was Dak Prescott. It's not like we think Dalton Schultz is some star. Yeah, he'd probably be drafted, but he'd be a late late round pick probably. Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, as Dave just alluded to, you know, we, we've been relying on Tyler Conklin to whatever extent people have been relying on him because of his backup quarterback. So, yeah. well, yeah, but I mean, I do have a small sample size, but he had two, eight, two catches for 18 yards in week two with, uh, with the back with Cooper Rush. Well, you have to answer that, that one. He didn't no, he got hurt very late in that game. No, 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 no. You got to answer that. No, I'm not interested anything. <laughs> Uh, Dallas DSD is top five. Cardinals, we got two games left, but the last game is Giants and Bears, so that's just starting two players. Arizona at Carolina, stat of the game. Accordingly, according to onlyinyourstate.com, Charlotte is the pimento cheese capital of the world. Thank you for arguably the worst cheese, Charlotte. 
pimento cheese. Sorry, I didn't try it when I was there this summer. You should have, yeah. Next time, now you know. Okay. Isn't that a staple at Augusta? I don't know. Pimento cheese sandwich? Not into uh, it. But not happening. That's all I know about golf. Uh, So Kyler Murray's seventh for you guys. Maybe that's changed, but as of yesterday, he was seventh. Uh, He's seventh. He's lower for you. God, man, run. Let him run. James Conner. Let's do some James Conner oars. James Conner oars. Antonio Gibson. Conner. James Conner or James Robinson. Conner. I'll take Robinson. James Conner or Ezekiel Elliott. Conner. Conner by a nose. All right. He's a number two running back. It's been a pretty good defense, Carolina's. Not great against the run, but actually, other than Nick Chubb, they've been pretty solid. I mean, respectable against Kareem Who Hunt, Saquon Barkley. Barkley guy? And, and Hunt and Kamara. They've been pretty solid. They've been pretty solid. Chubb is the only one who tore them up. Uh, they're, they're a good defense, it seems. Could be competition, but so far, so good. All right, obviously, you're starting Marquise Brown. How do you feel about Greg? Greg Dorch is the number 18 wide receiver in PPR so far, or he was going into Thursday night. <laughs> so would you start Chris Olave, uh, Jarvis Landry, Greg Dorch? How would you rank them? Well, you have you have a big thing at play here. If Rondell Moore plays, then Greg Dorch probably loses his role. He's probably still on the field, but he loses his role as a slot guy. So if he's not playing in the slot, then I don't love Greg Dorch. But if he's playing in the slot still, um, depending on what they decide to do to replace A.J. Green, then this is why he's been so successful, because Kyler Murray's been looking for him. So we'll find out. It's a, it's, it's a little bit of a discovery game to see what they do with, with Rondell Moore back. But this was supposed to be Rondell Moore, which is so frustrating. Sure. Well, Kingsbury said that Rondell would be limited if he plays. My my hunch is that they will both play in and out of the slot all game long. I don't mind Dorch. He's right now. I've got him ranked as a top thirty six receiver in PPR. But if Rondell Moore plays, he probably won't last there. He'll fall down a little bit, but still not bad. He won't he'll be a not bad PPR receiver? Yeah, it it, it could certainly work in his favor. And and to be fair, you know, um, he's not one hundred percent. You know, he's been on injury report all week, so. What we could get also, which would be fun on the other side of this, is if Dorch is out and Moore is healthy, then maybe Moore is somebody you wanted to beat the waiver wire on because he could have all these opportunities. You know, what has it been? Seven plus targets in three straight games? Um, or seven plus catches in three straight games, excuse me. Who, for Dorch? Right, Dorch? Uh, No, he had a a four-catch game in week two. Right, he has seven catches in two of three games. But he has scored 13.3 or more PPR fantasy points in all three games. Um, And do you like Dorch better than DJ Moore? If there is no Rondell Moore, yes. If Rondell Moore plays, I'll go back to Moore. Both of those receivers, by the way, are available in like 65% or more of CBS leagues. So two two stash guys, Rondell, maybe Rondell ahead of Dorch. I would. Mm -hmm. You guys have Zach Zach Ertz sixth, so start him. Use him while you can. And Christian McCaffrey we expect to play, but if he doesn't, how high would you rank Foreman for Jamie? Hubbard for Dave, you guys said earlier you have different favorites here. Would they crack your top 30? No. All right. I don't think so. I think we'd probably be talking about one guy as a top 36 running back. Okay. And DJ Moore is not even in the top 40. He's 28th for Heath, but that's that's like 100th for Heath. So, But he has, to, he has to hold on. <laughs> Again, I mean... You know what he is? He is, uh, he is Rose holding on to Jack in the Titanic. Yeah, but she did kind of let go. No, I mean, at some point, he's going to have to let go. 
<laughs> she murdered him. I, I hate her. There was room on that thing for two of them. Totally. It's ridiculous. It was it was straight up murder. Bears and Giants, stat of the game. These teams are both two and one. What? They have also combined for three pass plays of 25 plus yards. Uh, the Patriots lead the NFL with 10, which is weird. The Dolphins are tied, but they played an extra game. Uh, stat of the game number two, the Bears have been very solid against wide receivers through three games. Something to keep an eye on. Depot Samuel had 14 yards. Ayuk had 40. Lazard had 13 yards. Yeah, okay, fine. Lazard had 13 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks had 22 yards. Those guys, none of them reached, had more than 40 yards. Uh, only Lazard has scored so far. Anyway, How look, did I'm, Samuel Watkins do against them? He had 93 yards. He's been the best. Okay. Uh, I'm Dave, how did Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Cooks, and Alan Lazard do? Give him, a break. Give him some credit. Give him some credit here. They were fine. They were fine. All right, listen, start Herbert, start Barkley, sit everyone else. Obviously not the receiver. Richie James, I'm guessing, would be your favorite flex. Um, although I, uh, my prediction is Kenny Galladay leads the team in receiving, uh, but not in a significant way. And I got to tell you, I think Daniel Bellinger is kind of interesting. I kind of like him. I, I don't really not know. Not a bad uh, deep league ad, for sure. Yeah, I don't know in what context, but. I just picked him up in our dynasty league. It was yeah, I, thought it was good I couldn't believe it. Bears DST, Giants DST, who do you like? Bears. Um, Giants. Sportsline loves the Giants DST, by the way. I, they have no pass rush. And pro, and I don't know about Not Leonard yet. Williams. Um, so I, No, it helps It helps them immensely if he plays. They get a practice and if he's, I know he's, And if he's right. Limited on Wednesday, and he was did not practice on Thursday, so... Oh, he didn't practice Wednesday. Leonard Williams is probably not going to play. That's my guess. And that's a big deal. Um, so, okay. That's it. That's that game. Thanks. I know long show. Appreciate it. Uh, emotional show today. A lot of anger out. A lot of frust- fantasy frustration. Coaching frustration. That was vented on today's show. We will talk to you at the mailbag at 11 a.m. Eastern on Friday. It's going to publish on Saturday. CBS Sports HQ. Friday at noon Eastern, Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern, and we have a live stream at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash today. Have a great weekend, everybody. Going to go restore my friendship with Nando. See ya. <laughs>